You know, today, in our Christian calendar, it's an important day uh, because it's Pentecost Sunday. And some of you might not be aware of what actually is Pentecost Sunday. If you do have your Bible, I wonder if you could turn to Acts chapter 2, which gives us an understanding of why we celebrate as Christians Pentecost Sunday. For those of you that maybe are new to your Christian faith or maybe you're visiting today and you might not understand everything I say today, I do pray that you'll pick up the heart and spirit of uh, the love and the purpose that Jesus Christ has for you as an individual and that he has for his church. In Acts chapter 2, we find the birthing of the church. It's a significant passage in this passage, and I'm really glad that our, our movement has actually changed its name to Acts Global because, you know, we want to we wanna not just... Uh, revisit the book of Acts, but we want to live as the book of Acts. We want to see uh, us really impact um, our community and our nation and the nations of the world. And so let, let's read it here. Chapter 2 of Acts says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. That's a good sign when everybody is all together. And I love this. It says, in one place, but they're also in one heart and one spirit. Sometimes being all together doesn't mean you've got one heart or one spirit. But they were all together in one heart and in one spirit. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is a passage of scripture. It is actually the birthing of the church. You know, um, Pentecost was already established. Let me just uh, clarify some things. Pentecost was already established as a Jewish festival. That's why they'd all gathered. That's why there were so many people gathered, not just in this place, but in that particular city at the time, because they were actually celebrating Pentecost. It was celebrated 50 days after the Passover, in other words, the coming out of Egypt. And so not only did they have the Passover, but they had the celebration of Pentecost. And the celebration, part of it was because at the Passover, that time to Moses was given the Torah, the instructions for life or the law of life. And so these celebrations of the Passover and Pentecost were very, very significant in that particular time. So they had come together to celebrate Pentecost. But in the New Testament, as we've just read, and, and today, we celebrate Pentecost also um, being 50 days after Easter, Christ's death and resurrection. How many of you knew that? Today is 50 days after Easter. And what happened is, uh, as Moses was given the law of life, in this particular passage we read that uh, 50 days after the Passover or Easter, as we know today, God breathed on the church and no longer did they just have the law of life, but he breathed the spirit of life into us. That's why we don't just live by the word, but we also live by the spirit of life. And the church was 
birthed. If you want to know and study a little bit more about Jewish history and understanding how the Gospels are written, Meredith and I, particularly Meredith, she's been reading this book to me uh, because I'm not a great reader, but it's called Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus by a, a lady called Anne Spankler. And it really helps you to identify why we do and why the Jews celebrated the festivals and some of the foundations of truth that have been established today. Just to give you another example, in Genesis, we find that um, God created Adam out of the earth. Uh, and, you know, he, the bone structure, he put the flesh on him. But Adam had no breath. He had no life until he breathed life into him. And we see that Adam came to life. Well, the same is true here in, this, in the book of Acts chapter 2. The church had come together but really did not have the spirit and the breath of God in it. And in Acts chapter 2, what happened is, God breathes into the church and the church has life through the Holy Spirit. And it's really important for us to understand that. You know, Meredith and I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit at a very, very young age. Meredith was eight years old when she um, went to a, a Sunday school camp. And um, she was telling me the story yesterday. We were just talking about it. But she was telling me how she went to this Sunday school camp and uh, at a particular meeting they said, look, if you want prayer to receive the Holy Spirit, come after the meeting's finished. And I'm really proud of her. She was eight years old. Um, some of her friends didn't want to go with her. She went by herself and she's always been a bit of a leader and, you know, she just, you know, went in there. And uh, people laid hands on her, the leaders laid hands on her, and she got filled with the Holy Spirit, started speaking in another heavenly language, and impacted her life uh, to the degree that she's been aware of the Holy Spirit since a little child. Isn't that fantastic? I was 11 years old when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I actually gave my life to Jesus uh, when I was 11 years old, and the same night I gave my life to Jesus, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to explain some things to you. Do you know, I, I was born in the, in the era where we used to have tarry nights. I have told this story before to those of you that have been around for a while. Uh, a tarry night, whereas the, the pastor would put on a night just to pray for people to receive in the Holy Spirit. Who, how many of you remember those days? Put your hand up high unashamedly because you're the, all the old people in the church. Dave, I'm amazed that your hand went up. And it was, a, it was a great, you know, we used to go, my mum used to drag me, used to have to catch two buses on a Friday night, and, um, you know, we used to go to this meeting, and uh, all that happened during this meeting is the senior pastor would come, and, and he would walk up and down the aisles, and he'd be praying for people to receive the Holy Spirit, and many, many people received the power of the Holy Spirit, and and, um, you know, I, I was, used to sit right at the front. That was the safest place to sit because he'd never come to the front. I'd sat with four young, uh, three other guys. And you know the story, those of you who have been around and, you know, we were telling jokes and uh, not a thing that you should do in church. And uh, the pastor, as he turned around, he, he saw me and my mate Silvano had um, cracked this really funny joke. So I couldn't stop laughing. But the pastor saw me and thought, I'm done, I'm gone. And what was worse, I thought, he's going to tell my mother I'm going to be punished for this for the rest of my life. But anyway, so he came and, you know, he came with great love. I think if he had condemned me, if he'd had a go at me, I would have shut my heart um, because it's the love of Jesus that leads us to repentance. And he began to tell me about the love of Jesus. He also began to tell me about the purpose of God on my life. I was amazed, 11 years old. You might think that 11-year-olds are young children. Meredith was eight. 
uh, can't receive, you know, the purpose of God or can't receive salvation or, you know, we think we have to be mature and understanding, but this is a spiritual transaction of the heart. And here I was, and um, so what happened, he began to pray for me. He, he, he literally, in the, this prayer and this conversation, told me about the love of God, the purpose of God. He prophesied over my life, uh, and he was an apostle uh, way before his time, way before he even understood that sort of gifting. And, um, you know, when he left, I just began to weep. And, and all of a sudden, I began to speak in other tongues. I felt this. It wasn't just a warmth, but it was a bubbling in my spirit. My spirit was awakened. And as that happened, I, I, I lay hands on Silvana because he was the, the joke tech. He was the real sinner. And, uh, you know, and we'd led him to the Lord and uh, he got filled. And the four of us got... The same thing happened, and uh, we started a youth revival in our church, which was amazing. So whenever we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's, it's a very natural thing. It's a shame today that, um, you know, in our churches, we don't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. But how many of you know the Holy Spirit is God? That, you know, the Holy Spirit and, you know, there's the Trinity, the Godhead, that three in one. Uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We know God the Father as the Creator. And in Genesis, we see really, you know, mostly as we know God, we know Him as the Creator, the Father of us. That's the expression of the Godhead. Jesus the Son, the Savior, we see uh, His life come and evolve in the New Testament. And then the Holy Spirit is the Empowerer. Do you know, and, and maybe just an, um, another metaphor for you to understand how it works, it's like H2O. Do you know, the expression of H2O is water. Uh, and then also, you know, ice and steam. And so even though it's one God, the Godhead, the expression is, is different. And it's really important to understand that. And this morning, I just want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's so much that we could talk about in the Holy Spirit, and our team could get up here and give you different expressions. But this morning, I want to give you two expressions of the Holy Spirit that are very, very important to our lives if we're going to see uh, Christ fully formed in us, and if we're going to truly be witnesses. How many of you want to be a witness, an ambassador? How many of you know we are witnesses and we are ambassadors for Christ and His purpose? But just before I go into that, those just two thoughts. Uh, I'd love you this week, uh, being Pentecost week, Pentecost uh, Sunday, I'd love you for you to maybe just read, you know, John chapter 14, which talks about the promise of the Holy Spirit, that actually God, Jesus, as he was leaving, he promised the disciples, he says, listen, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. They were, they were terrified with the thought that Jesus was going to leave them, but he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, orphans but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you, and you're going to do greater things than I've done. Wow, isn't that amazing? And so read John chapter 14, where you'll see the promise of the Holy Spirit. Read John chapter 16, which talks about the work of the Holy Spirit. Do you know the, that the Holy Spirit actually has a work that he does? He's our helper, it says in that passage. He's our guide. He brings us into all truth. He's our comforter. He comes and convicts us. And he does, can I just say this, you know, uh, you know, sometimes when you do something wrong, the devil loves to get into your head. How many of you know that? And you know when it's the devil because condemnation comes. Because all of a sudden guilt and shame come. But when the Holy Spirit comes, let me tell you the difference between condemnation and conviction. Conviction is to make you aware of your wrongdoing but also your dependency on God. And when you come and you repent, 
then what happens is your dependency is reliant on God, on the finished work of Jesus Christ, and forgiveness and grace comes in. And so sometimes we feel so condemned when we do things wrong, but I thank God that the Spirit of God is not like that. The Spirit of God comes to convict us and to lift us and to, and to align us back to His truth and His Word so that shame and guilt uh, will not fester into our spirit. So this morning, let me just talk to you about two aspects of the expression of the Holy Spirit. The first one is this one here, that the Holy Spirit, can I just go to the next slide, if we can just go to the next slide, he he helps us in the transformation of our nature. And uh, it's so important to understand the work of the Holy Spirit, that actually the Holy Spirit, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is he he helps transform our fallen nature. How many of you need help in your character and your nature? Let me see your hand. Should be all of us. How many of you are perfect? Put your hand up. Thank you. Obviously, you've definitely heard the question that I've asked you this morning. We all need help in transformation. Um, You can't change yourself. How many of you realize that? It's a black hole. And there's a danger in our preaching in, in our Christian churches that sometimes we teach about self-empowerment. There's some fine lines in our preaching because there are parallel principles that align themselves um, to actually uh, thoughts about self-empowerment. Actually, the New Age movement which is the spiritual movement in our society today. And if you've ever studied the New Age movement, um, which is birthed out of occultism, has a philosophy of self-empowerment, which leads to idolatry. It's the, 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 the truth is that you yourself can empower yourself. You don't need God. It, it, it leans on independence, isolation, and that you, as you begin to discover truths about yourself, you are God of self. That is the danger of um, New Age. Many people get attracted to New Age philosophy because of the the self-empowerment of what they call self-realization. But we as Christians, we are not self-empowered, we are God-empowered. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that that is the difference. And sometimes in this nation of Australia, can I say this to you, in this nation of Australia, this is a spiritual nation. Hear what I just said. I didn't say it's a godly nation. I said it's a spiritual nation. In this nation, there is a real hunger and a desire for spiritual things. But spirituality in itself is amoral. It's open to anything. It's like, you know, it's like we live in the days of Nebuchadnezzar where, hey, you know, it's a smorgasbord of, of life, of sexuality and spirituality. You just pick and choose what you want. That's self-empowering, and it's very appealing to our sinful, fallen nature. But we as Christians, the difference that sets us apart is not that we are in ourselves holy, but that He is holy, that we are God-empowered, that we are vessels, and that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Can you believe that? God has, in His purpose and plan, he has chosen to empower broken vessels to carry his presence and his spirit. And there's so many of us, and you know, I don't know about you, but I've been, I've been a Christian since I was 11 years old. And I've gone through all the, you know, the disciplines of trying to, to live as a Christian. 
I've gone through all the striving, the struggling, I've gone through the legalism, I've gone through the religious ways that you could try and live this life. And this is what I found out. You can't. You can't live the Christian way unless you've been empowered by the Spirit of the Holy, of, the Holy, of God. It's the Spirit of God that actually helps transform our nature. And I just sense that some of you, there are some of you here today, and I don't know about you, I got this revelation years ago where I, I began to understand that it wasn't uh, my self-empowering and my own self-disciplines. Actually, all that led to was like a black pit. It's like the hole got deeper and deeper and deeper. But when I got a revelation that actually, you know, that I am the temple of the Holy Spirit and it's the Holy Spirit that as I surrender to him, he empowers me to live the Christian way. Can you give God uh, an amen for that and a hand of praise? It's he who empowers us. And he empowers us through his, through his spirit. He empowers us through surrender. Now, some of you, please... When you hear that word surrender, you, you sort of tremble at your feet. There's another word we react to. It's called submission. Uh, I, I am going to do a teaching later on in the year about that word submission, what it actually means, the empowerment of that word, uh, what it actually means in the context of what, of what Jesus meant it to mean. God's never called us to be subservient, but he has called us to surrender. And it's when you surrender to the Spirit of God that you get empowered by the Spirit of God. Because the word surrender means to be open. It means to be vulnerable. It means to invite. It means to, to be dependent on. It means to lean on. It means to draw upon. And so when I say that I surrender to the Holy Spirit to change my nature on a daily basis... It's on the understanding that what I'm actually doing is I'm opening my heart to the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm being vulnerable and saying, God, I can't do this in my own strength. The Apostle Paul tried. The Apostle Paul came to the realization. He says that, oh, wretched man that I am, how can I live this life? Thank God for Jesus Christ and his finished work and the work of the Holy Spirit. It means to invite the Holy Spirit in on a daily basis. It means to depend upon, to lean on, to, to draw onto upon his spirit. That's why in Galatians, this is what it says in Galatians. Let me just turn to it. I'm going to clarify some of this just in a minute. Just hang on a second. It says in Galatians, it says, this is verse 19, chapter 5, verse 19, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Isn't that true? Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, so on, so on, so on, so on, selfish ambition. But verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Listen to this, love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Nine fruit of the Holy Spirit. It sounds like a resume for marriage. Isn't that what we're every you know, person who wants to get married? I mean, when Talisha was looking at Jordan for marriage, this was the resume that she would find a man that wasn't just... I was going to say dark, you're not dark, blonde, tall and handsome. But everybody wants, isn't this personality, isn't this nature attractive? Don't we all want to be like this? Someone who carries love, someone who carries joy, someone who carries peace, someone who's patient. Lord, help me find some people like that. You just have to ride, you know, you just have to drive along Plenty Road 
in the morning, this, on, on uh, Tuesday, I was coming to work and there was this lady and she was, she was just right up bumper and I'm going to myself, back off, lady, back off. And, you know, I was really getting really ticked. I mean, you know, the Spirit of God was all over me as I was, you know, just confessing that I'm a man of God. And she was just right there and I'm getting annoyed and annoyed and annoyed. And, yeah, let's just say that the fruit of patience was not on me or kindness or goodness or gentleness or self-control. I did not manifest any of those traits at all. But if, if we look at this nature, this is not... This, this is not us. This is, a, this is the nature of the Spirit of God. Now, let me just make some things very, very clear to you. Because some of you are saying, well, hang on. Let me, isn't, it, isn't it when we get born again, when we get saved, that we become a new creation? Absolutely. We become a new creation. But how many of you know that it's a work in progress on a daily basis? See, when I got married... Uh, in 1983, January the 8th, 1983, at 2 o'clock. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> that's incredible. How many of you think that's incredible that I can remember? Do you want to know how I remembered that? I asked my wife this morning about it and just said, do you know, there are two words in the Bible that we need to understand. One of them is, um, is justification. It's a legal term. It means that when you get born again, uh, it, it is that you have entered into a legal understanding that in the spirit realm, you've become a new creation in Christ. Then there's another word called sanctification, which is a process word, a daily word. So let me explain it this way. Uh, in, um, on January the 8th, at 2 o'clock, 1983, Meredith and I, it was, it was very much like the wedding we saw yesterday. Incredible. Uh, and our preacher was very much like, uh, like my pastor or Reverend Michael Curry because he preached for an hour. One hour. Obviously, Meredith really, really needed to hear a lot about marriage. Actually, my dad being Italian yelled out, Oi, hurry up! You know what I mean? Oh, man, my mum was trying to shut him up, you know, and I, was just, I just gave him this look like, Dad, not now, not now. But he just thought, this is way over the top. I've got to eat, you know? <laughs> Come on, who the heck is this guy preaching to me? Anyway, when we got married, we signed the contract. We, we were legally married. It was a legal, um, you know, transaction, and we were legally married. Uh, they put this ring on my finger. We signed the documentation. I was married. But how many of you know, if you're being honest, up here, I was still single. And I only found out two weeks later what that means I I still was in my head and in my emotional makeup I had I was still single and I now that I've been married 35 years I understand that I'm more one even though it was a legal transaction but it was a process that had to daily take place and it's important for us to understand how many of you understand what I've just said see when you get saved you are born again. Uh, you're a new creation. That's the legal spiritual stance that you have in the relationship with Jesus Christ. The reality is, is that because of the brokenness of your soul and sometimes the errors in your life, that's why the Bible says we have to renew our mind on a daily basis. That's why we have to be continuously full of the Spirit. That's why we need to surrender to the work of the Spirit who is working on our spirit for transformation 
on a daily basis. It's a process that we go through. And it's really, really important that we understand that because it's a reality. And some of us, you know what happens? We sort of go on, you know, fads and diets with God. You know, we put in, you know, a week, like, okay, I've got to really behave this week. And, and, and how many of you have ever gone on a diet? Put your hand up. Who, who's on a diet right now? Who needs to be on a diet right now? Yeah, okay, that's an easier question to answer. You know, we, we, we've gone on fad diets, and it, it drives me crazy, but, you know, every once in a while, we go, right, that's it. That's it. We are no longer going to eat this way. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and so the last fad diet we went on, Meredith bought this powder. cost 300 bucks, this powder. <laughs> and you had to take this powder with all sorts of these shakes. I love milkshakes, you know what I mean? I just kept adding ice cream to my shakes. <laughs> and uh, I was wondering why they weren't working, you know? <laughs> no one said you couldn't put... Because that's how you make shakes anyway. So we, we put this powder and, and uh, do you know, and uh, it, it was a disaster. <laughs> powder in the morning, powder at lunchtime. I felt like a powder keg, you know? And it, it was—it just didn't work. Um, I, I, you know, I really—I love and I hate doing weddings, because every time I do a wedding, I think, "Oh man, I have to get back into the suit," <laughs> and and you have to wear this tie. And I've got these shirts that they just—they just don't fit right. They don't make the right cut for me. I don't know what it is. You know, I mean, I've got a perfect body. I can't work out why <laughs> they don't get the right cut. And. And so what happens is I go on these shakes because I've got to try and get back in my suit. I hate it. But this is what I found. It doesn't work. Well, it works for a while because really to change, you have to have a lifestyle change. And we do this with our Christianity. You know, we have weeks that we behave ourselves. We discipline. Oh, I've got to be more disciplined. I've got to do this. And yet it, it's a work of the Spirit <laughs> and it's a work of grace. And some of us get condemned. And, and, you know, I've learned how to do that. I've learned that, you know what, as I surrender daily to the work of the Holy Spirit, I know my legal standing in God, that I'm a new creation. But the reality is that, you know, just like I shower every day, I, I allow the work of the Spirit, I constantly surrender to Him. And there are times, let me tell you, you'll be challenged in that. There are times in your relationships and your in your workplaces that you'll be challenged to do that. But, you know, the Holy Spirit is our helper. And um, I think it's really important. Here's the second thing that not only does the Holy Spirit help us in the transformation of an attribute, but he empowers us to be witnesses. You know, you're not an orphan. You, you know, some of you might go, oh man, I, I don't know how to represent Christ. I don't know how to witness. I don't know how to reach out to people. And, and really, it is, again, a, a work of the Spirit. I, unfortunately, I, I think that you know, it's a real challenge to try and educate ourselves and understand that we actually have access to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And those of you that have been around, you know, Pentecostal churches, that you've heard about the teaching, that, that actually when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you can access the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And you'll read them in First Corinthians chapter 12. There are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that, 
that empower us to actually be witnesses. These gifts were not given to us for self-gratification. They weren't given to us for self-promotion. They weren't given to us so we can find our identity. They weren't given to us so we can have the spiritual powerness. No, they're given to us to be ambassadors. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be witnesses. You know, in Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea and the uttermost parts of the earth. How did these disciples, these common, just everyday people, many of them broken in their lives, how did they turn and change the world around? How did God use them? How did they see healings and miracles and, uh, and, and see the church break out? It's because they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And they began to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, just, just very quickly, you know, the gifts are accessed by desire. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14, verse 1, it says, follow the way of love. Did you know that um, the reason that we reach out to people is not for your own self-gratification or, wow, look at me. It's because you love people and you love God. It, it's 1 Corinthians 14 starts like, like this. Follow the way of love. Actually, 1 Corinthians 13 is all about love. Our purpose to reach people is always because we love them, not because we're trying to create some sort of platform or we're trying to create some sort of you know, spiritual significance. Can I, can I please say this to us, that it's the love of God that leads people to change and to repentance. And it says this, follow the way of love. And eagerly, listen to this, it just doesn't say, you know, just desire. No, it says eagerly desire spiritual gifts gifts uh, because God has given us those spiritual gifts to be witnesses to this world and uh, you know it's for the advancement of God's kingdom and his purpose it's for the glory of God that's why we are not self-empowering people we are God-empowered people for his glory for his purpose and this morning I could talk to you about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're accessed by desire. They're given to us by grace. Isn't that amazing? They're given to us by grace. Do you know, I've moved in the gifts of the Holy Spirit sometimes and my life hasn't totally been right. Because if it was a matter of that, God will only give you a gift because you're moving right. Man, none of us had ever moved in being witnesses. I think we heard a, a saying at the... Um, at the conference that God can still use us while he's still changing us. That was a rebel. Man, that was incredible. God can still use you while he's still changing you. That, that, that was so releasing. It's given by grace. Some of you, sometimes the devil gets in your head and says, well, you got this wrong, you got this wrong. You know what? You, you, you allow God, when the Spirit of God starts to speak to you, he starts to speak to you and put a thought. How does he speak to you? Sometimes he puts a thought in your mind. Sometimes he puts an overwhelming feeling in your spirit that, that you can't shake. Sometimes in the mornings, I get thoughts about people I haven't been thinking about for, for months. And the Holy Spirit just puts somebody's face in my mind. And, and the more I contemplate on it, I know that, you know, just give that person a phone call. Whenever I've done that, it's amazing what's happened in the conversation. We, we are spiritual beings. We are led by the Spirit of God, empowered by the Spirit of God. And, um, and it's released. These gifts are released by faith. You have to step out. You know, when I get these thoughts, and you know, I have to step out. They're, they're released by faith. Everything, the, the language of the gospel is faith. 
The Bible says in Hebrews 11:6 that without faith you cannot please God. Have you ever contemplated why? Is because you get saved by faith. You receive the Holy Spirit by faith. You actually access the gifts of God and released by faith. You've got to take a step. You've got to get out of the boat. Many times we don't, uh, you know, release those gifts. We don't engage in those gifts, even though they're, they're, they're there. And the Bible says to stir one another in the gift. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. And when you do, something significant happens in the supernatural that can unlock the emotional life, the area of the soul and the area of the physical. Something supernatural. That's the sort of church that that we have, that God wants us to have. And, um, you know, there's gifts of prophecy and there's words of knowledge and gifts of healing. And these are, these are gifts that God's given us to empower us to reach people through the love of Jesus Christ. I just want to tell you a couple of stories and then I'm going to close. But, you know, we, we had a girl in our church. This is, you know, 20 years ago. She came to one of my discipleship courses um, we, we did a prophetic course and we began to teach people about the gifts of the Spirit. And she, she began to go to work and God began to give her thoughts um, and she began to get words of knowledge. She'd go to work and she'd start engaging in conversation um, with some of her colleagues and as she's speaking to them, they'd be starting to you know, tell us some complexities of their situation. She'd get a word of knowledge. And as she delivered the word of knowledge, they'd go, oh, what, what was that? How, how do you know that? Well, she knew nothing. But she was empowered by the Spirit of God. Do you know what happened? It was through the process of that that she'd led three of her colleagues to Jesus Christ through the words of knowledge. That's the power. And, and that we can all, all of us, that understand and that are and that are saved and filled with the Spirit of God can move at that level. Do you know, let me just tell you, I have been in some, um, you know, it happens on a daily basis, it happens corporately, it happens in churches. That's what makes Christianity exciting. Man, I want to tell you, I don't know about you, but being a Christian is exciting. And there are things that happen that I, even if I tried, I could not orchestrate them to happen. I know that God's at work. God's at work here this morning. Holy Spirit is here this morning to stir and to encourage and to comfort and to guide and to bring revelation. But you know, one of the you know, one of the things that happened to me about 10 years ago I was in a church in Sydney. And um, I remember preaching and as I'm in this church and I'm, I'm preaching, as I'm preaching, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to me. And I know when the Holy Spirit speaks to me because I've known His voice since I was 11 years old. I've learned to hear His voice. I, I know His voice. I know His touch. I know His leading. I know His prompting. And um, just like I know my wife's voice. I, I, I know her voice. I even know her look. She didn't even have to open her mouth and I know whether I'm in good trouble, you know, that I'm in trouble or not. I'm not looking there right now because, but, but because you know what? It's a relationship. It's about learning how the Spirit of God moves. This is not religion. It's not religion. It's a relationship. God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit. And as we learn to open our hearts and depend on Him, and I'm in this meeting, I'm preaching, and I, and I just, the Holy Spirit just impacts my thought and, 
and says, you know, I, I want you to make an altar call for people to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm in the middle of my preaching. I'm not even preaching on the Holy Spirit. And I'm going, this ain't fitting. So as usual, you have arguments with, who's had arguments with the Holy Spirit? You know, it's like having an argument with your wife, sort of. But, you know, I'm like, no, no, this, it doesn't fit. I'm not, I'm, I'm only halfway driven. I'm not even going in the street. And the Holy Spirit says, I want you to have an opinion. So you know what I did? I go, I could see things weren't, you know, weren't, you know, I couldn't get this thought out of my mind. So I did. I said, look, I just need to stop. But there, if you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit right now, I want to pray for you. And, you know, 10 people came out the front. But one particular guy, they, they, began, they brought him to. The two guys uh, sort of ushered him towards me. They sort of grabbed him each arm and they pushed him towards me. And he came to the front and says, listen, we've been praying for this guy for about 15 years. Nobody. He's never received the Holy Spirit. Good luck. And off they went. Fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. I could tell you some other stories. But anyway, I'm... I'm thinking, wow, okay, so I left him there. I said, oh, mate, well, go and stand on the platform. I don't know why I did that. I just got him on the platform. I said, you go and stand there. I prayed for the other people, got the team out, the eldership out. We prayed and all, all the people received the Holy Spirit. It was fantastic. It was awesome to see. We sat them down. And then I looked around and here's this guy standing on the platform. I thought, what the heck am I going to do now? And I had this crazy thought. And I know it was the Holy Spirit. I said, tell this guy, to publicly um, declare his love for his wife. Now, I knew he was married because I knew the couple. I said, oh, um, they'd been introduced to me before. And I said, oh, well, where's your wife? And she came and said, come and sit at the front. You know, the piano's playing. And uh, all of a sudden, there's like a tenseness came into the congregation. And uh, I said to this guy, I said, now, listen, you're a bit of a joker. You know, he was trying to be funny. I said, I don't want you to muck around. I said, this is a very serious moment. I want you to actually go up and tell your wife in front of everybody how much you love her. I happened to turn around and look at the pastor, and the pastor was going like this to me. <laughs> now, how many of you know, I have just, I am just doing something. I'm thinking, what the heck have I just opened up? I'm thinking, what is this? Now, all of us who are ministers and you minister in somebody else's church, you want the senior pastor to go, yeah, that's great, awesome. But when the senior pastor goes, you know you've opened up a door and you think to yourself, oh no, where am I going? Thank God that God knows where he's leading us through the Spirit of God. See, sometimes God will not reveal to you where you're heading. It's step by step. That's faith. If, you, if I had to rest, and look, I'm a calculated person. I want to know the end result. I want to know the end result. I want to know as I'm walking that the end result is going to be favorable and it's going to be successful. That's where I want to live. It's called calculated faith. Some of us give like that. We calculate how much we should give. See how that works for you. If you want to live in a realm of faith, if you want to live in a realm of breakthrough, if you want to live in a realm of seeing God break things open, I, I, that's how I wanted to live when we came here. When we came here, we did not, ha we had no intention to have five campuses. No, no way. Are you kidding me? All it is is more work. That was not our intent. I had calculated what I was going to do. If I can just get 
this group of people moving forward. We can hopefully get a building for them. We've done our job. Well, be guided by the Holy Spirit and see what happens to your life. Because I, was, I had no intent to ever be preaching. It's not in my name, it's not in my character, it's not my personality. But we surrender to the work of God, the work of the Spirit. And so anyway, there's this tension in this room. And, and this guy, he, he goes up and he kneels in front of this, his wife. And as he kneels, she begins to weep. And I'm not talking little drops. She's just, and I'm thinking, what? What is this? And what happened is he begins to say to her, you are the best thing that has ever happened to me. You are full of grace and forgiveness and love. And if it wasn't for you, I would never be the man who I am now. I mean, he began to pour out his heart and they're sobbing. And if I had known what, this, what was happening, I wouldn't have gone there. Anyway, cut a long story short. I then, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you know, everybody's been looking for a manifestation of tongues. And I said, all of you have been looking for a manifestation of tongues, but the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that tongues will pass away. Because God's highest, His highest priority is love. And as the love of God just flooded that couple, he just began to speak in another language. It was amazing. The, the place erupted. We couldn't control the meeting. They had to, literally, they had to, the meeting went on for about another two hours. They pulled me out of the meeting. The pastor said to me, if you knew the reality of that couple, you would not have gone there. Aren't you glad sometimes you just don't know? Aren't you glad that's the Holy Spirit that leads us? There's conversations that you have sometimes. You don't even know why you're having them. Sometimes there's things we say in meetings. We don't even know why we're saying them sometimes. We plan, we prepare, but the Spirit of God's doing something. That's the realm of the Spirit. That's where God wants us to live. That's the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Do you think the Apostle Paul had, and let me tell you, he was a calculated person. He knew success. He knew strategy. He knew how to do things. But I want to tell you, you read Acts chapter 16, verse 16. He had a path. He was going down a certain path, and the Holy Spirit stopped him from going there, shifted his direction, and all of a sudden something explodes. Anyway, the pastor's taking me out and he goes, oh, mate, let me tell you, God is good. And I'm there, yeah, well, what are you on about? He goes, well, this young lady, she's, she was the former pastor's daughter. I said, yeah, you know, both of them were, were going towards ministry and then he had an affair. I said, you're joking. He said, no, he said, and it's just, he's just, just the last six months, he's been, they've been restored back. And he said, and he's never publicly... <laughs> Even though it's been happening behind the scenes, he's never publicly confessed his love. And there's been people that have been saying, oh, you know, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't trust him. And something broke over their lives that night. Can you give God a hand of praise for that? Now, now could I... See, God, God knows deeper. The Holy Spirit knows deeper. The Holy Spirit knows everybody's life. He, he's at work right here in this place. And I just wonder today as we close and we come to the closing of this meeting, let me tell you, I thank God for the, that we are able to be carriers of the Holy Spirit, His presence, His power. There's nothing that can change a person's life 
like an encounter with God, like an encounter with Jesus through salvation, like an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I know that some of you, you know, you might have some challenges with the manifestation of receiving the Holy Spirit, which is speaking in tongues. And I understand that. And there's a lot of theological debate about it. I can only go on what I understand and read of the Bible. And sometimes I wonder, why is it that the Holy Spirit has chosen that one, please hear what I've said, one of the manifestations of being filled with the Holy Spirit is is actually speaking in another tongue. And maybe it's because we need to understand James, the book of James. The Bible says that who can control the tongue? That the tongue actually, like a wildfire, uh, isn't, it, isn't it funny how God uses the weak things in our life? And you know, you, how many of you know your tongue's attached to your heart? Out of the mouth, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Isn't it ironic that God chose this manifestation to, to show us or to, to bring a release of the Holy Spirit into our life? Now, I could go on about that, but I won't. And isn't it amazing that it's a heavenly language? In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says sometimes we don't know how to pray. Have you ever been like that? Have you ever been, there's there's been like a heaviness in your soul and your spirit, but you've not known how to pray? And the Bible says that with utterances and sometimes from our spirit we speak, we utter. And I believe we, we have a heavenly language, that God has actually given us a heavenly language. I don't know why we struggle with that thought because, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, if you go to another nation, and I've said this before, you go to another nation, you speak in another language. I'm Italian, parlo italiano. Spero che oggi, you know, mi sbrigo perché voglio andare a mangiare. I've just said I wish I would hurry up because I want to eat. Do you know what I mean? So I speak Italian, but you don't have a problem with that. You don't have a problem if someone from Asia comes and speaks to Asia. We, we don't have a problem, but, but we do have a problem when our, if our spirit's got a spiritual language. And I think these are all obstacles and sometimes in the challenge that we have. And, and sometimes we're challenged with the reality that to receive the Holy Spirit, it is, you know, receiving by faith just like it is salvation. And um, so I, I wonder if we could all just stand for a minute. And I, I just want to make room today for people that would like prayer, like Meredith and I received as young children, to receive the Holy Spirit and the manifestation um, of connecting with Him. And, and, and we know that in praying for you, you know, our team will be very, very sensitive and we're not going to force you to do anything that, you know, is not God-inspired. But just before I do, um, let, let me just, just finish with this. You know, I really felt today there was a lady there's a lady here today, and um, you're going through some confusion. There, there's some situations right now, and you're going through some confusion, and you need clarity. You actually need direction for your future, but there's like a fogginess. There's like you're in a fog, and you can't see. And I really believe that today, if you would come out for prayer, that the Holy Spirit would just begin to encourage you and, and begin to bring some change. I really believe that the change is around the corner, but as you open up your heart, um, you, you know, the Holy Spirit will begin to engage in those areas. I also believe there's a person here um, that you are really struggling with forgiving someone. Uh, you, you are in a very difficult situation, uh, and, and it's a very close relationship, and um, you, you just want to, in a way, have revenge, but do you know, um, you know, God's saying, would you administer grace? 
Would you come and bring grace? And, you know, you've become the prisoner. You think that they're the prisoner? Actually, you've become the prisoner. And the Holy Spirit wants to set you free from that today. And if you would come out um, for that, that would be also great. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for two groups of people. Number one, if you really feel in your heart, you want to say, you know what, I've been a, I've been a Christian. I'm actually Pentecostal. I understand the works of the Spirit. But I haven't engaged in the gifts of the Spirit for quite a long time. And you might need some education in it. And Greg, I was just thinking it would be good for us to run a, um, you know, gifts of the Spirit seminar. But if you would like to say, you know, I just want prayer to really engage again and reactivate those ears. There's some of you here, you've moved in the realms of the Spirit. You know what I'm talking about. But today you're saying, God, today I want to re-engage that. If you would come and stand on this side on my left, that would be great. But if there's people here and, and maybe you have, you know, you're saved. We understand that salvation happens through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, His death and resurrection. We understand that. Salvation doesn't come uh, because you receive the Holy Spirit. We understand it's the work of the cross. But if you uh, want to awake and, and, and be filled with the Holy Spirit that you can move in that dimension of the Spirit and, and maybe you've been struggling with your own nature and trying to change yourself and striving and today you want to just be filled with the Holy Spirit would you come to my right hand over here we want to pray for you actually if my team can start coming out and just meeting people at the front that would be absolutely fantastic we're going to come we're going to, I'm going to pray right now could you, could you all lift our hands towards heaven as we finish and conclude this Sunday Father I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you that you've given us the Holy Spirit to uh, bring, help us on a daily basis, that transformation, that we are full of the Spirit. Lord, I understand the reality and the truth of that. But Lord, I also understand the reality and the truth that we need Him on a daily basis. We need Him on a daily basis to move and have the, the fruit of the Spirit in our life. And I pray, Lord, for, Lord, I, I just pray for an engaging of our church that even this week that you would stir up you would stir up those Holy Spirit gifts within us there are some people here that aren't even sure and know what they are but I pray today that there would be Lord just an opening today an open heaven as we pray for people in Jesus precious name if you want prayer would you come right now would you come out of your seat and, and as we begin to pray for you I think that'd be absolutely fantastic the, the team is just going to uh, sing a song for us we're going to dismiss you as we go I really believe there's a lot more people that need to come out for prayer today. And, you know, as we engage and allow the Holy Spirit to move, that would be absolutely fantastic. Guys, could you lead us in this last song? Come on, lift your hands towards heaven. Let's just create an atmosphere of prayer here. Can we do that? Come with faith. Come with openness in your heart. Can someone just come and pray for these ladies here? That would be absolutely fantastic. The rest of the team could come. Please be sensitive to that, that would be absolutely brilliant. If you do need to leave, God bless you. Uh, there's coffee and things like that. We're just going to sing this song a couple of times. Then you're dismissed. Have a great, great Sunday. God bless you. God bless you.